from a risk perspective, the risk is not just regulatory driven, but it's almost macro driven and competitive driven as well. We have to, traditional banks have to stay nimble and they have to innovate. If they don't, they're going to slowly, I think, just have their market share taken away. And it's sad because I don't think banks have to do that. I think banks are in a very defensible position. A lot of them have very strong community ties. They have very strong risk practices in place, which candidly, a lot of these upstart fintechs don't have. And as the government starts scrutinizing some of these startup lenders more and more, I think traditional banks are going to be in a really good opportunity to win. Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode today. I'm thrilled to have fellow Texan with me, Will Robinson. And to demonstrate that, as I tell everyone, these podcasts are really just a virtual cup of coffee with Tom. We both have our coffee. So, Will, with that introduction, first of all, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Yeah, thank you, Tom. I really appreciate the opportunity. Nice to meet you. Could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Sure thing. I like to tell people that I'm a recovering investment banker. I studied finance and economics in college and moved to New York to live the Wall Street life and did that for several years and worked in worked for a big investment bank in a big private equity firm. But being an entrepreneur has always been my calling. And I got the opportunity to work with software companies when I lived up there and thought, hey, this would be a great career for me. And so For the past 10 years or so, I've been involved in several different software and technology companies focused on machine learning and automation. Really excited to be here. I've been with my current company in Capture about three years as CEO, and it's been a really fun ride. So could you tell us a little bit about Encapture, your products and services, and who some of your clients or customers are? Absolutely. Encapture is a software company that plays in a little corner of the market we call Intelligent Document Processing, or IDP. We make it really easy for organizations to collect incoming documents as part of a business process. Our machine learning can read the documents, understand what type of document that it's looking at, and then the system can automatically extract data out of those documents and use that data for a variety of purposes. We can put the data in another system so that people don't have to manually enter data. We can compare the data across multiple documents so people aren't doing the old-fashioned stare and compare. We can automate a bunch of reporting on the compliance front. So really, any business process that has a lot of manual, I'll call it paperwork handling, even though it doesn't have to be physical paper, it has a lot of documents involved. It has a lot of people reviewing those documents. We can get involved and automate 80 to 90% of that workflow. So most of our work is done in the financial services space. We work with a lot of banks and lenders helping them automate their loan operations process. A a quick example I give that everybody can understand, when you apply for a mortgage for your house and you're talking to your loan officer, they'll typically ask you for a copy of your driver's license, your last two years of tax returns, a recent pay stub. They're collecting 12 or 15 documents from you as well as third parties to make a credit decision on whether or not they should give you a mortgage. Typically, in the back office, there are people who sit there and they manually enter that data They manually calculate your income. They're ensuring that everything you sent in was correct and accurate. And it's a very inefficient process. It's lost in translation. And we can come in and automate that document collection process as well as the processing so that all the data comes in clean, it comes in accurate, and these banks can save a lot of time and money using software versus people to do this kind of thing. So I am a recovering trial lawyer, and I can't tell you how many days I spend in a conference room with stacks of documents around a table with myself 
and or many other people doing exactly that same thing. So having that sort of intelligent document processing, to me, sounds fabulous as well. But the thing that really intrigued me and why I wanted to visit with you is this directly ties into compliance. And financial institution or financial services company compliance is, of course, regulated and one of the most heavily regulated industries. I was wondering if you might be able to talk to us a little bit about how you see what intelligent document processing and capture brings to the compliance side of things for your customers. Yeah, that's a great question, Tom. As you mentioned, the compliance side of being a lender is critical. It's funny, when we talk about the value we bring to the table for a bank, we talk about internal efficiency, we talk about better customer experience, and then we talk about reduced compliance risk. And it's every C-level banker we talk to, they hone in on the third, on the compliance risk side, because it's mission critical. Regulations are constantly evolving given the current administration regulation around banks and protecting consumers as part of their financial experience is a very important topic. And so there's a lot of new compliance regulations that are coming out that these banks have to respond to. Our view on the world is in any sort of compliance initiative, there's data that's typically being reported or there's processes that have to be thought out, well-documented. And at any given point, a regulator can come in and say, show me why you made this loan show me the underlying data that you collected to make a decision on making this loan. Or you've reported to me that you funded five or 600 mortgages last month. I'm going to pull a sample of 10 or 15, and I want you to show me that you followed fair lending processes throughout this. And so having really tight controls in place to ensure that the integrity of your process is sound and that you can track the data through the entire process is critical. Second, and I think even more practical, is just data integrity in general. A lot of compliance teams that we talk to, unfortunately, don't have a lot of trust upstream in their business processes. So if a compliance team at a bank is doing their Home Mortgage Disclosure Act reporting, their HUMDA reporting, a lot of times they will have to check every single loan file to ensure that the data that is in the loan file that the borrower signed matches the reporting they're giving to the government because they're worried about data integrity issues. What that means is you have three or four or five different people across the entire loan process checking and rechecking the same documents over and over. So one of the benefits we bring to the table is by inserting ourselves, especially upstream in that lending process, we can ensure that the data is accurate, it's complete, it's verified, and then everything downstream flows a lot cleaner, more simply. So these compliance teams can be a lot more confident in the data that they're reporting against in the processes in place and they don't have to staff up with big teams to do this all manually. Let me pick up on that point because, frankly, you're the first person who has articulated the absolute necessity of data integrity. Everyone understands it at some level, even in their gut, but I haven't heard anybody talk about that. So let me explore that a little with you because it's absolutely critical. A lot of the listeners to this podcast are anti-corruption compliance specialists. If they're in some type of enforcement action or investigation, the first thing the government does is says, is your document secure? But the second thing they ask is their integrity in your data. And it sounds like to me, you've developed a process which helps assure that. Certainly a regulator is going to test to make sure your claim is correct. But if you can show five files or 10 files, where the data integrity is maintained, that's going to give a very high level of comfort, not only to your outside counsel, but to the regulators as well. Are those types of conversations when you have with clients, do they really understand the data integrity component? Absolutely. And it's almost a jaw-dropping 
conversation to have. In fact, I had a conversation yesterday with a large regional bank and their head of compliance for their mortgage. Back to my Humda example earlier, they are processing, I think, 20 or 25,000 mortgages a year. And they're reporting to the government 20 to 25,000 mortgages. And we were talking to her about her compliance team. And she says, oh, we sample out of the 20 to 25,000, we sample about 400 loan files as part of that reporting process, just to ensure data integrity. And candidly, that's pretty low compared to other banks we work with. And we brought that up and said, hey, that's pretty low. Why is that? And she said, oh, I agree it's low, but I only have one employee right now dedicated to this. I have open recs for eight other employees. I'm supposed to have a team of nine and I have one, but in this tight labor market, I can't find people that want to come sit here and manually review loan files. The folks I find candidly are their folks I'm going to have to train up because they don't have a strong compliance background. And then a lot of times we'll give an offer and two weeks later, that person will receive a better offer elsewhere and they'll back out. And so I have a huge staffing issue and this is a huge internal risk for my bank. I know there's a problem and I've been trying to solve it manually and I just cannot. And that's a really common theme in this current labor market. Hiring for these back office processing type roles or compliance type roles, it's very difficult across all financial institutions. And so being able to introduce technology that can come in and really build that type process out, eliminate the need to hire these additional folks to staff up, and really be able to run that whatever scale of volume your business is pretty critical. So it's a huge talking point. Yes. So let me see if I can maybe rephrase that in a little more compliance speak. Typically, when I interview someone like yourself, they've either seen a business opportunity or a business need, and they've moved in to fill that opportunity or need with a product or service. But if I could say here, we had a change in risk, and that change in risk started with the pandemic, And now with the current economic situation, the risk is they cannot fill the positions needed to do something that we all acknowledge was a risk, which was checking data integrity. But we have a new risk now, and you are able to step in with a solution, not that you develop this on the new risk, but you have a solution which answers or manages that risk or helps to manage that risk. That's a great way to look at things. Absolutely. And it's encouraging. The fun part about it is, especially for these banks, We get to go talk to the chief risk officer, chief compliance officer, and they're really grappling with these issues and they're trying to solve them almost in a silo and they can't, right? Staffing issues, ever-changing regulations, lack of clarity around what's required. There's some new fair lending just requirements that are going to be coming out early next year around small business lending and ensuring that small business loans are complying with some of the fair lending regulations that are currently in place. They're aware these things exist, but What we can do is say, hey, this is your problem, but we can actually solve this upstream and help out your line of business as well. And so let us come and work with your line of business to establish good process, establish good data integrity, and allow automation to correct a lot of the mess that you're feeling downstream. And then we go to the line of business, and it's a great opportunity to talk about efficiency. Again, they have the same struggles. They can't hire. They're understaffed. And especially over the last several years, with there being strong loan demand across not only mortgage, but commercial auto. Auto is huge right now. Scarcity of cars. A lot of people are buying new and a lot of people are having to finance given sticker prices. So there's really strong loan demand across the really the country. But these banks can't staff up for that. And they're staffing up in very antiquated ways. And so it's causing a bad borrower experience. It's causing them to be very inefficient and very manual. 
And then it gets to compliance and the compliance side is just saying, hey, we almost have to start over here. We need to go check every document, check every signature, check for every notary stamp that we need. And so that's the fun part in this. As we solve the compliance issue, we really solve some of the efficiency issue and that borrower experience issue along. So I was trying to write down the number of answers and solutions you were able to articulate, starting out with a description of one problem. But the other thing that struck me was the changing nature of risk in the form of regulations. If you have data integrity, you mentioned new information reporting required under the fair lending. There's going to be a different set of regs in 12 to 18 months. And in 12 to 18 months, there'll be more requests for information as the government and others want additional information. If you have strong data integrity, you have that upstream problem solved and you can pull that data with a software update or looking at things in a different way. So you've actually put in place a solution that is expansive enough to solve multiple regulatory changes down the road as well. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, that's well said, said Tom. It's changing and it's banks are funny creatures. They're a little bit more conservative. I would say in terms of a technology adoption curve, they're lagging. Not all of them, but many of them are lagging. A lot of them are stuck in the way things were done 25, 30 years ago. But at the same time, they recognize there's need for change. There's need to update processes, update systems. And a lot of them are scared because of these non-bank lenders that are coming in, these fintechs that are coming in and providing similar products and services, but in a very digital first experience. And they're targeting different demographics. And it's encroaching upon traditional banks' turf. So from a risk perspective, the risk is not just regulatory-driven, but it's almost macro-driven and competitive-driven as well. We have to, traditional banks have to stay nimble and they have to innovate. If they don't, they're going to slowly, I think, just have their market share taken away. And it's sad because I don't think banks have to do that. I think banks are in a very defensible position. A lot of them have very strong community ties. They have very strong risk practices in place, which candidly, a lot of these upstart fintechs don't have. And as the government starts scrutinizing some of these startup lenders more and more, I think traditional banks are going to be in a really good opportunity to win. So one of the things that intrigued me about Encapture is you have a large number of resources on your website that are available free, including several blogs that your company has put out. And I took the chance to, or opportunity rather to read them in preparation for our podcast today. And you had one that spoke about machine learning. Not that's a controversial topic, but in the compliance world, Many compliance professionals still don't understand machine learning and how it can apply to compliance. Could you speak a little bit about how it applies to the compliance process in the banking or financial institution world? Great question. Machine learning is a funny buzzword, and it's something that we have to debunk or demyth. A lot of people see the IBM commercials talking about artificial intelligence and it's solving, it's curing cancer and solving all the world's supply chain problems. And so you get these kind of lofty ambiguous definitions of what is machine learning. Machines are taking over the world. We are in a much more kind of pragmatic application of machine learning. So really simply put, machine learning is training a system to recognize patterns in data so that it can make a recommended decision based on the data that it was given. And so if we really micro-focus this down into what we do, which is processing, we have a machine learning system where we can train the system, we can feed it samples of certain documents, And we can say, okay, this is what a pay stub looks like. We give it 10 or 12 or 15 samples. This is what different tax return documents look like. Here's what a driver's license looks like. And the system can start to recognize patterns amongst those samples and say, okay, now I know how to identify a driver's license versus a pay stub versus a tax return. Just like we do in our human brains. If you have a new hire right out of school, 
and they're smart and they're eager, but they have no experience, what are you going to do? You're going to sit them down with a big loan file and walk them through and say, hey, here are all the documents that are in a loan file. This is how you identify them. A lot of times it's the title on the top of the page, so it's not rocket. And then that person over time, as they work their way through more and more documents and they become more familiar, they get better at identifying the documents and identifying where the data is in the documents. So machine learning is nothing more than that. There's different flavors of machine learning. There's obviously a lot of really cool innovation happening right now in this space. There's machine learning that that can train itself and gets in the use cases, it gets smarter on its own over time. That's called unsupervised machine learning. There's also supervised machine learning, which is where you have a human in the loop that's helping influence the model, influence the system so that it can more accurately detect the data it needs out of the documents it's looking at. So that's the way I'd like to describe it. And I would say from a compliance perspective and the data integrity, the nice thing is this type of machine learning is fairly mature. It's not bleeding edge, unproven, untested. This has been around for several years. There's a lot of really standard, solid, practical use cases for applying machine learning and compliance. I will tell you another question we get a lot is, well, is the system making decisions for me? Because that makes me nervous. I don't want the system to make an underwriting decision because I'm worried about bias. Or I don't want the system to automatically maybe send some reporting data to a regulator without me reviewing it. And I think where we're able to come in and show them is, hey, the system is really here to automate the mundane, boring, routine tasks that your team hates doing and also allows you to have that oversight so that you can be really confident that the data that you're reporting on or that you're relying upon is accurate and complete and correct and that there's a clear audit log for that. We talked about the use cases around fair lending reporting and some of the CRA reporting. There's some new Dodd-Frank regulation, as I mentioned earlier, Section 1071, which has new reporting requirements for small business loans that is coming to effect in the next 12 months that a lot of commercial banks are trying to get ahead of right now. And even on the ESG front, that's early stages, but reporting specific metrics around certain demographic information for where loans are going or certain zip codes, certain maybe historically disadvantaged groups that your bank is servicing. There's some new reporting frameworks coming out around that, that our solution helps solve. So a lot of use cases, and that's the great thing about the machine learning platform is it's not just one specific thing as we can train the system to work on a lot of different. Let me pick up on your ESG thoughts because financial institutions are really bookended around ESG from the regulatory end. The government says, we want you to do this and we want you to show us that you've done it. But from the consumer end, now they are beginning to look at those types, either lending money to companies that have an ESG program, lending to specific ESG programs. And I wanted to maybe see if you had some thoughts on how the data integrity, and I wrote down this phrase, I hope I wrote it down right, because it's great, recommended decisions based upon the data. And it's the recommended that really struck me that the machine learning or other data will make a recommendation, but it's still the human that has to make the final. And how, if you're having those types of discussions with clients around ESG. Yeah, it's interesting. I wish I could say every client of ours is very on top of this. I would say there's a lot of confusion right now around ESG, what's required. There are companies dipping their toes in it. I would say on the banking front, they're starting to get into it. The one benefit banks have is because they're so regulated and they already have so many data reporting requirements, a lot of what they need to do from an ESG perspective is incremental. It's not a wholesale change from how they're set up today. And if you think about 
reporting around community development efforts or lending to certain groups. That's typically just additional data points that maybe you're skipping today in a process. Or maybe if you're trying to assess, if you're a lender trying to assess your overall exposure or risk to a certain industry vertical or like energy or something like that, and you need to say, hey, what's my exposure? Or you want to demonstrate that your commercial borrowers are following some minimum set of ESG controls themselves. And so maybe that borrower will submit documentation around their ESG policies and procedures that you want to analyze. These are all really good use cases for machine learning because typically it involves combing through PDFs, looking for key information, key language, certain paragraphs, and then trying to aggregate that and come up with kind of a higher level view of what's going on in your loan portfolio. So I would say banks are at this point probably more reactive than proactive in terms of ESG, but the good news is that it's mostly incremental. And if you have good process and good technology in place, and I realize this is a plug for us, but we have seen banks that have us already implemented that are trying to roll out new reporting frameworks or report on additional data. It's a matter of days, not months, that they can get this rolled out. And that's really encouraging for our risk leaders who realize that this is ever-changing and they need a platform that can be dynamic as the world is dynamic as well. Let me pick up on one point you raised, which I thought was incredibly prescient, which is ESG in many ways is an incremental change. It's not a wholesale change. When I used to go sit in front of a company that did not have an anti-corruption compliance program, I would start off with, you are doing 90 to 95% of everything you're required to do under an anti-corruption law, such as U.S. Foreign Corrupt Practices Act already. You just don't call it that. And you're not looking at it that way. And I would always give the example of, do you reimburse employees for travel? Answer, yes. Do you require them to fill out a form? Answer, yes. Is that form reviewed by the supervisor and then re-reviewed by accounts payable or finance? Answer, yes. Now, do they fill that form out completely? I said, okay. The only additional piece of information you need is the business title of the person you're going to see. And they went, oh, that's it? And it struck me that in your remarks around ESG, in many ways, banks already have this information. It's siloed in a different way, or it's not being reviewed upstream yet. Now, with the new requirements, both from the regulatory side and from the consumer or customer side of lending money. Banks can utilize the information through the in-capture tool and don't worry about plugging your product. I absolutely want you to plug your product because with taking data integrity and data governance to calling it or looking at it from ESG perspective. There's also a fear right now because a lot of this data has been, I'll call it collected in in the sense that it's probably buried in a document somewhere, but it's not readily available. There's a lot of fear of how am I going to get to this data? I have hundreds of thousands of loans or loan applications that I have data on and I have the paperwork and it's sitting somewhere in a content repository, either digitally or there are still banks that's sitting in bankers boxes in the file cabinet somewhere. And now my regulator is asking me to report on this or my shareholders are asking me to report on this. And other than going out and trying to hire 25 people to come and just manually swarm these legacy documents, I don't know how else to get at this data. I know I have it. It's sitting right here. And so that's a fun part of machine learning is saying, hey, it's almost like we're sending up one employee that can do the work of 20 or 25. And with this being with cloud computing these days as well, we can scale the processing power of that system almost infinitely. 
So if you're saying, hey, I have a very short window to get this data processed, get this data out of these documents, and I need to turn that around very quickly, we can scale the processing of that almost infinitely. That's one thing that's really exciting here that I think should really empower our chief risk officers or heads of compliance that are saying, I feel like I'm always just on my back foot trying to respond and I'm getting punched in the dark. I don't even know where the next punch is being thrown from. And we can say, hey, look, if you get a platform like Capture in, it doesn't magically, it's not like poof, wave a magic wand and it all works overnight, but you now have a very powerful tool at your disposal that can help you be a lot more nimble and respond a lot more quickly. Unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering before we leave, if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself in Capture or really any of the topics that we touched upon today, what would be the best place for them to go or the best way for them to find out? Yeah, come to our website. It's encapture.com. That's encapture.com. You can come find me on LinkedIn as well. And we love talking to folks about this. That's part of our process. We're not here to, in fact, this is one way we run our business. We're not here to just ram software down your throat. We actually help you build a business case for our software. And our thought is if we can't prove to you that there's really strong ROI in purchasing this system, then you shouldn't purchase it. And that's the journey that we go on. So we love conversations. We love hearing really hard, difficult problems. We work with some of the biggest lenders in the world and certainly in the country. And we work with some really small lenders too. And so we've got a breadth of experience around best practices, around benchmarking data, around how other folks do things that we like to share because we feel like everybody's better served if we can solve this compliance issue and solve it efficiently. So happy to visit. And Tom, really appreciate the time today. It was great getting to visit with you. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.